Welcome to Coffee and Catholics, a Catholic women's talk show podcast. I'm Stacy, one of your hosts, and with me I have... Hi, I'm Alicia. And I'm Noelle. I'm Annie. And I'm Lauren. Hello, and welcome to Coffee and Catholics. Today we're going to be talking about making a good confession and... Also, while we're talking about examining our own conscience, maybe also not confessing the sins of others. I'll just translate. I yelled at my kids, but they da 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 I was mean to my husband, but you see what happened was, yeah. Yeah. That's what we're going to try to avoid, right? Or what we're trying to avoid. In the confessional, yes. We're going to talk about it here because we want you to avoid it. I don't think I've ever done that before. But now I feel like I really need to do an examination <laughs> <laughs> because I really don't know. I don't know that I've ever done that before. I need. To, I'm gonna really pay attention the next time I go to confession. Well, I have a hard time with it because, like, you know, the priest says that you don't need to be very detailed. But sometimes when you just say like what the the general sin is, the advice that comes back from the priest isn't really that helpful. <laughs> so like if you feel, cause they think it's not as big of a deal as it actually was, if that makes any sense. And so, yeah, cause they, I don't know about all the priests, but my, my priest doesn't always just give penances. He has advice that goes with it. So, um, and most of the priests I've had confession with are like that also. So if he starts giving advice, I'm like, well, it's a little bit more complicated than that. And then he's like, well then, talk. but then you go into detail it almost turned somewhere in there. It does turn to a little bit of complaining about somebody uh, else's yeah. what because what they did caused you to sin. And so, like, where's that fine line? Because like you don't want you don't want to go in there confessing other people's sins. Mm-hmm. You're going in to confess your own sins. But we unfortunately we're all connected, and our actions do affect other people's actions whether we want them to or not. Well, no, like, I think, I think though, like I heard you say something in that, that mm. I think is really key. And this is something that I've been trying to learn and rephrase myself is that like you said that, you know, there are some times that people do things that cause you to sin. But I think that, I think that maybe that's the line is thinking of it as that, well, you know, my husband did this. So I did this, like, yeah. obviously, you know, like this was the, was the response you know, that's the reaction. Like, if we think about it that way, like, that's our reaction to it. Like, but we have, because we have free will and we have rational minds, we have the ability to respond to somebody else's doing something. Mm-hmm. So, like, recently I had a spat with <laughs> with um, somebody. And, and I, you know, the, the thing started. I, I can't really go into detail about it. But the thing started, and I just took a big deep breath. And I was like, God... Like, he, I, I was just reading, this is not me, this is Mother Teresa, and came to her through God, from God, but she was talking in her book about how, you know, the person who's, like, yelling at you and, like, you know, flipping you off or whatever, like, they're, they're Jesus in distressing disguise, you know, and, like, it's, that's the struggle for us is to see Jesus in that person, so I was like, God, please help me to see Jesus in this person, and just react firmly but kindly, like, the way that you want me to. And so, you know, I took a big deep breath or whatever, and I went in there, and I, and I, you know, I handled it. Later on in my head, I was saying all the things that I wanted to say, <laughs> which I had to really offer that up to God. 
But I think that's maybe when we go into the confessional being like, you know, okay, well, you know, I got really bad at my husband and I held a grudge against him. And, you know, if you want to explain in more detail, like, I'm just, I'm not telling anybody what to do or whatever, but just, you know, brainstorming, being like, well, my husband did this specific thing. And rather than responding and taking a breath and, you know, like, you know, being merciful towards him or whatever, I screamed at him and cursed at him and I held this grudge or whatever. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, maybe something like that. Well, and I agree with you. Maybe I shouldn't have said cause, but I do think that a lot of times we do go in thinking that this person caused me to do Mm -hmm. this. And I do too, but uh, but I think what I was meaning was that I want to confess my sin fully, but when I confess, but that makes me have to talk about what the other person did. Does that make sense? Like I blew up with this person, that's my sin, and there and sometimes I'm like, oh, I got mad, and they're like, okay, well, just I'm like, well, it was a little bit more than that. Like I got, yeah, (laughs) (laughs) and so, but there's that fine line, like. I'm trying to explain how I really blew up. Like maybe I cussed them out or something. And I did, but I didn't want to go into the full pre-says time. There's a whole other line of people. There's only like 10 minutes left of confession. And I'm just trying to be general. But I want to express my sin fully. How do you do that when you're situation, like you're in that situation and the sin happened within a situation with another person? I think you went into a good example of that. But I also think that sometimes, where's the fine line between the confessional and a counselor? Does that make sense? I think it depends on the priest. Yeah. Because, you know, you'll have priests that actually do want you to kind of tell them a little more. If there's a little more time, you like to kind of, you know, explore the, the part of their vocation, which is spiritual direction. As part of being a confessor, that's what, you know, some priests have a real gift for that. Mm-hmm. So I think that some priests really do want you to give them a little detail so that they can actually give you something that you can go home and chew on and, and actually help you overcome your sin. So I don't think there's anything wrong with doing that. Your heart is in the right place. You're trying to explain. This is like, and it's usually with things like that, it's, there's a pattern of behavior here that you're trying to uproot. Mm-hmm. So you're having to explain what's going on. I think that's important. Not all priests are gifted in that area, nor do they want to do it, unfortunately. Um, or, or they just don't know how or, you know, whatever. It could be anything. So I think it's just, I don't think you really, I don't think there's any hard and fast rules. Yeah. I think it's just based on your where you're going. But also it's, you know, the Lord absolves you and he knows all these intricacies. And he does know when, when it was their fault. Okay, he knows. I mean, <laughs> he knows your heart. So I think too, with that, that comforts me because a lot of times I'm like, I really, because I have this one sin. I started to talk about this in another episode. I don't even know if it's really a sin, but it's a, it's a pattern of thought and behavior that leads me down a road I don't want to be going, and it's habitual. I, I, I confess this because I want healing from it. And so I'll catch myself saying, well, this is really something that I need to kind of tell you why this happened so that you can understand. And so it's like you said, there really are things where you do have to be like, because this. But as a general rule, other than that one thing, because I really don't have to explain that. As a general rule, if I catch myself about to say because, mm-hmm. <laughs> I just stop. <laughs> well, and see, and like, I wonder about this because like, I'm sure that there are reasons to explain and go into detail. And I know that there have been times that I've gone into detail and like given kind of like a tell, you know, tell them to preface this with a little bit of the background here. Um, But I kind of wonder, like, if looking at the cases that I have 
that's uh, that's happened for me. There have been more than one occasion where it's been just my pride in the way, and I don't want to seem like the bad person who did this thing, who like screamed at my kids or who locked them, you know, outside of the house. <laughs> what I, I don't know that I've ever done that, but I don't think I have. But um, no, but like I don't want to be that, you know, to sound terrible, and so I feel like I need to give background yeah. so that they know that I'm not actually that bad. Yeah. But you know, that's like, where I'm at. Like that's where I can catch myself too. Yeah, maybe I should just yeah. call it what it is. And so, like, I, I really started to, and I. I before, because I think it's always important when you go into confession to do an examination yes. of conscience right mm-hmm. then. I haven't always done it, but it's so important not to just run in line real quick. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could do it in line, I'm sure. I've done it in line before. You know, just don't just, you know, if there's nobody there, just run into the confessional to get it done and get over with it. Like, kneel down, pray to God, ask him to help you to remember all of your sins to do it with a contrite heart, to make a full and complete confession, and, you know, really think about the things that you want to say. Um, and then, and too, because, like, there, there again have been times where I've wanted to maybe explain things or go into depth, and I wasn't really sure, or I didn't really want to, but I was like, you know, should I? And I asked God to help me to make that full and complete confession, like, help me to know in the confessional what it is that I should say, you know, because you already know it, but help me know what I should say in confession. Mm-hmm. And I go in there thinking, like, oh, gosh, like, you know, I'm, I'm going to have to say this thing, whatever that I, I don't want to say. But then, like, I, you know, make the confession and I feel at peace with it. And I'm like, all right, like, I think I think I'm good here, you know. I tend to use um, one of the, like, apps that have the, like, the examination of conscience on there um, just because I... Uh, have a horrible memory and like I will do an examination of conscience like and pray about it and really think about it and um but when I go into the confessional I get anxious and I'm like I I, I just my brain doesn't want to remember everything and then like I'll get out and I'm like oh I forgot that and that and like and do I need to go again and you know and I, I always end with and whatever I may have forgotten but but I um, I had a, a priest tell me one time, and I thought that, and, and ever since then, I've kind of um, tried to be more careful about how I word things when I use the app, because one of the like one of the things that it did is like it would it, it had like the one that I was using would have questions like, "Have I done this?" And so I would let you like if you haven't, like it tells you then I haven't done this. Like when you go to make your confession, or I haven't, you know, like. And one of the things that I had confessed was, like, being passive-aggressive. Yeah. And he, and the priest, afterwards, when he was giving, like, a little bit of advice on there, he's like, um, you, you know, you confessed to being passive-aggressive. You were passive-aggressive in, in this confession. I'm like, hey, that's what the app told me to say. <laughs> but it really made me think about it. Um, and this is a priest who was a friend of mine, so, like, it wasn't, like, anything um, really rude or anything to be telling me either. But, um, but it, like, it was... Uh, it was. It just made me really think about how I do word things in confession too, and like, and when I'm making that examination of conscience, when I'm using um, these different resources, and I've started instead, like I'll go through that, but then also just because I, I know myself, I know that I have to have that visual when I'm in there. I've started really more writing it out, um, and then it kind of like to help me kind of collect my thoughts with it, so I make that full confession, and then also writing it out has helped me to not be like because this or like because so-and-so did this or like and I still will do 
you know, like if there's needs to be a little preface, I think about, I'm more careful about reflecting on what exactly it is that I am confessing as opposed to what I'm confessing about other people. <laughs> so yeah, so that's really helped me and like really um, forming my thoughts on there. Well, I'm glad that you brought up like the app and stuff because I think it's good to do a detailed examine of conscience. But sometimes, so, I don't know, some of the little, some of the apps and some of the question, like, not not all of them, but some of them have, like, very, what I would consider venial sins underneath mm-hmm. the mortal sins. And, like, I know that we, you know, it's good to confess your venial sins and your habitual sins and things like that, too. I know I always feel better when I do. But, you know, those are forgiven in mass. And so I sometimes I think that it gets a little too like nitpicky that's the word i'm looking for it's a little nitpicky like or what you have to confess because you're supposed to be going to confession for definitely for mortal sins and then your venial sins just you know because we want nice clean souls that's a little intimidating sometimes and I, I get a little worried with my kids about how much they worry about i want them to go confession regularly but sometimes they'll reject the eucharist over something that is a venial sin mm-hmm. and I'm like those were forgiven here in mass already and so I, like where how do we navigate that I mean, even for people who have, maybe haven't gone confession in a while and that's what's been keeping them back well that was a big sin if I have to sit and confess all those things then I will be in there for like two hours you know I, I know I felt that way after my first time back because you know I had my con- Confession before confirmation, and my next one wasn't until college, middle of college sometime. I share a similar frustration with about 90% of the examination of consciences I come across. Mm-hmm. Y'all, I, these are opinions we're talking about here today, yes. y'all. We're not talking about, like, official church positions on things. We're yes. just telling you our frustrations. Um, I think they're lame. I mean, <laughs> like, I, I have, I, and I have tried and tried and tried. And I will tell you, I found one. Two, and I lost that one. I don't know what that was, and I just wish I could find it again. But I do have, I think that if I can, I have one that I love. And if I can read a little deeper into what you're not saying with what you just said, Stacy, what you're saying is this is, this doesn't touch the heart. This isn't getting yeah. to where, this isn't addressing the seeds issues that are, that are helping me. This feels random. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah. not targeted. Yes. And and that's where I think using a deeper, not more detailed, but deeper examination of conscience is really helpful. And I found one that I love, and I'm just going to plug it, but spiritualdirection.com has a deeper, is what it's called, deeper examination of conscience. And it is brutal. <laughs> like, like, if you're like, well, I don't think I have any sins I need to confess, you do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Especially right. if you first one. do this exam and then you will. <laughs> no. um, but it's, I have loved that because for me, I started doing a daily exam about a year ago. No, what am I saying? It was like three years ago. <laughs> so, but of course I don't do it every day and I forget a million times. Um, but I started doing that practice, you know, where you do a daily exam yeah. where you'd start going over your day with God and, and what happens with those daily examines as you start to do this is you start to notice habits and patterns of thought, patterns of behavior. And you also start to see where you could have stopped that sin. So it's almost like the Lord is sort of training you and teaching you. 
So when you're doing that, a daily exam, and there's lots of programs and resources, we can put them in the comments for that. That really helps deepen your confession because you're already sort of aware. And then you're able to say, Father, this is, this, this is the deadly sin that all of this stuff is stemming from. Like this is stemming from my problem with anger. And it because, you know, because you're able to see it in the framework of the deadly sins and all the little ways that they kind of trickle down into our lives and anger. Um, for me, I will tell you my biggest thing that I'm always confessing is irritation at my kids. And I was confessing it so much that I wrote a course about it. And I built my entire ministry around teaching moms how to deal with that. Because that's, that's literally the thing that I'm always confessing is irritation at my husband and my kids. And as I started to do these examines and these deeper examinations of conscience, it was revealed to me what my root sin was. And that can be another podcast topic. Anger. Anger is a serious sin. And it was because I couldn't control every little detail of my life the way I wanted. And that made me angry. And where does that need for control come from? Fear. And you, you start to just dig through it. So you go into the confessional at that point saying, at the very end of it, I haven't trusted God. I don't trust God with the details of my life. And it becomes something where, where Jesus and you, which is what happens when you're in the confessional, are able to address those root issues. And so for this situation that Stacey and I struggle with, where these examination of consciences, we don't like them. We worry it could cause our kids to become scrupulous. We feel like they're just a general splatter of let's pick a sin and see if you've done it. I and mean, let's look at our lives what virtues are we trying to build? Then we build our daily examine around building those virtues and asking the Holy Spirit to build those virtues. And then we can look back and say, okay, here's where I'm sinning and not moving toward that virtue. Do you see what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's more of like um, you build your examination of conscience around who you think the Lord is calling you to become. And then everything becomes a lot more targeted. And clear. And I'm not saying you have to do that or that's the right way to do it. That's just how I do it. Well, and I like that because you're focused on, deeply focused on what your sin is mm-hmm. and and what's causing it instead of who you think is causing it. Does that make sense? I don't have quotation marks in the ear because I talk with my hands. But because like Alicia pointed out, nobody causes it. Like the, we, we are in control, like we tell our, our kids, you're in control of your own actions and um, being able to dig into that and see exactly fear is causing me to do this. And my fear is causing me to react this way. You can better catch those things instead of just saying, well, I broke this sin. I broke this sin. I broke this sin. You know, it's checklists are good, but like you said, it gets a little scrupulous in my opinion are just not applicable to where you are in your life yeah and i yeah and i think that's where i struggle sometimes in the confessional is i feel like yes i'm confessing the same thing over and over and over again and yes it's okay and that's a good thing because it means that you're working on yourself and but it's not getting to the root of the problem i'm just checking off the box that i confess that sin like i did this it was wrong i am sorry for it but i haven't figured out how to fix it yet and i feel like that starts fixing the well it starts going to confession for what it really is it's a healing sacrament we need to be healed from these attachments that are causing us to sin these fears these lack of trust that are causing us 
Because it's almost always that. It's almost always fear with humans. There's something in us that is afraid of this reaction or this situation happening or that situation happening. And so we have to have the last word because if we don't, then we won't be heard and then we'll be feel abandoned. You know, like it's just the irritation. I have to feel irritated because then I feel like control of the situation or I have to lie because I'm afraid if I tell you the truth, you won't love me anymore or you'll take your love away from me. And these are the things that even our children are struggling with. My daughter the other day, dropped a huge bomb. We were digging through this. Um, Hershey has this struggle with anger too and controlling her mouth. And she always, when she, we have intentions in our family, for I don't mean to monopolize here, but I just wanted to give you guys an example. She always asks God, like her personal intentions in our family prayer is for her attitude, for God to help her with her attitude. Like every single day she's asking God to help her. And we started to uncover this and she kept conf- confessing it to us sort of, you know, um, and really we got to, she got done to saying, you know, it's because I just feel like I can't control what comes out of my mouth. And if I keep on doing this and she just stopped short after she said that, if I keep on blowing up and I said, what honey? She goes, if I keep on blowing up, I'll do something and it'll never get good again. It'll never be okay again. And I was like, are you afraid that we're going to stop loving you or stop wanting to be with you? Like you're going to damage our relationship permanently. This nine year old kid. And she said, yes, but she had never gotten through that thought process. She would never been given herself permission to just walk all the way to the edge of that fear and face it down. But that's what we can do in these deeper examinations is we can say, okay, why do I do that? This is why. And then that's what you take to our Lord and let him start to just, because we really can't resolve these attachments on our own. These things that are holding us back, only the Lord can do it. We just have to participate with his work. Well, see, and you reminded me of something that this is kind of switching gears a little bit, but it relates to confession and relationship with God. Like, I'm sure you guys have heard of like the Catholic thought. Right? Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like this is very much a stereotype totally of Catholics or Well, and like, you know, I personally know people who have this kind of mentality about um about God and confessing our sins and things that like you know, like what it's all about is just feeling guilty about everything. And then you go and they don't like going to confession because when you go to confession it's just you know, dredging up the same, you're, you're, you know, you're um, confessing the same sins again and some of those bigger sins. And then, you know, you're supposed to have that contrite heart. So like, you just feel guilty about it is what that means and, and all of that. And like, it, that kind of mentality seriously breaks my heart. Yeah. Like it really does. Like I, cause I see those people and I hear about those people and they just, they don't know the love that comes to them from God and through confession. Mm-hmm. Like they don't know it. And going to confession is not about feeling guilty. Like, you know, one of the things that I've, I've learned is that when they say go with your entire heart, that doesn't mean that you have to feel bad. It doesn't mean that you have to feel guilty. It's not an emotion. Like sometimes, yes, emotions are attached to it. But what it means is just saying, you know, being able to like look at God and say, you know, I'm sorry that I did this because I know that that broke our relationship. Because I know that that did that. And that's, 
you know, I might feel guilty about that, but there's not really, you know, dare I say, a need to feel guilty. Because I don't, I think God wants us to know when we've broken our relationship with him. I know, or like damaged it through even the venial sins. And he wants us to, you know, maybe set, have some, some kind of like a broken heart that he might have. But I think guilt is something that really like lingers, you know, like it's really something that like it, it, it digs down deep and it creates shame mm-hmm. in you. And mm-hmm. like, God doesn't want us to, I don't think he wants us to feel shame. I might be theologically wrong about this. I don't think so, but like. I don't think he wants us to feel shamed. He just wants us to notice, like, okay, I'm, like, I think he wants us to know our sins and to confess those sins to him so that we can receive the love, so that his love can replace that part of us that was filled with that that kind of sin. And, and does that make sense? Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. I think you brought up a good thing, Alicia. We keep, you know, talking about confession and, like, it, that's part of it. We're confessing our sins. But... The, the term that I prefer using is reconciliation mm-hmm. because that is what it's about. It's yes, part of it is that we need to say what those sins are um, and receive that absolution. But the point is, is to reconcile that relationship with God mm-hmm. because that's what sin does is it breaks apart that relationship and it's all about the relationship. Mm-hmm. And like when we sin, we have, you know, we've severed that and we need build back that relationship and, and, um, Tell, you know, tell God that we're sorry and he will always, always forgive us. Um, just like, you know, when, with our relationship with our children, you know, we, we, or at least I um, <laughs> encourage my kids when they have done something wrong to say that they're sorry and for, you know, to, to have that forgiveness and to reconcile that relationship um, with their, with, with, you know, whether it's with me or with a sibling Um and that's what, you know, that's what we're doing when we go to reconciliation, we go to confessions, we're rebuilding that relationship. I prefer that term also, term reconciliation to confession, because I was talking about earlier, my own children. I know that obeying your mother and father is a one of the commandments, but I think sometimes when you don't do what I ask you to do, isn't necessarily breaking that mortal sin. So that's a bigger schism between parent and child that they're talking about and that not just a, a slight disobedience of, you know, not picking up your toys when I ask you to. I think that when we get into those checklists, especially with children, at least in my experience, we have to be careful because the whole point is the relationship with Jesus. And if they're denying themselves Jesus because they were told that because they didn't listen to their teachers and their parents, that's, yeah, that's one of the Ten Commandments, and they didn't honor their mother and father, then they decide not to go to communion, which is the summit of our faith. Because those sins are already forgiven in Mass. We, the venial sins, and if you didn't know this, because I didn't know that for a while, but our venial sins are forgiven in the Mass. And so I think that that's where I get really frustrated because I see it in my own kids that these we make these check and I th- I think the exams with the checks are really helpful for some people. So I'm not saying that they're not useful. I just think we get we have a danger of saying that this is the only way to look at your sins. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. I looked up the um, the exam the examination of conscience that Lauren was talking about. What I really like about it is that it is focusing on the seven deadly sins mm-hmm. rather than the Ten Commandments. And I've actually recently, just recently discovered 
that this is a way of doing an examination yeah. of conscious. I don't know how it was only recently <laughs> discovered, but I just was like mind blown when I saw this, like an example of this, like for helping um, teach your kids how to make a good confession too. And I saw that and I was like, oh, that's what I should be doing. Mm-hmm. And and that, I, I really love that focus because it's looking more at the virtues and vices as opposed yeah. to just the, you know, the, the rules. It's like mm-hmm. getting, like you said, getting to the heart of the matter. So is that something that I really, I'm going to be probably using this uh, examination of functions as well now. Well, I just feel like if we understand that all of our sins come from those sins, like they have all these different iterations, you know, in our lives from the biggest and more mortal and impactful to the tiniest, you know, you didn't hold your lip when you should have, right? Just that, you know, these things all trickle down. They're all part of our concupiscence as humans. And it's just, to me, it just feels like a, a, a more targeted, like you were saying, Stacey, you really just framed that so well. It's, it needs to be targeted. It needs to mean something. It needs to be something where you come. And, and like Annie said, the focus is not on what you're doing. Because when Alicia's like, well, this guilt and this shame, I don't think this is a good thing. You're right. Because guilt and shame, humans think those are powerful emotions. They feel big to us. And so we feel like we should have those. A lot of that. We should feel very ashamed of things and guilty. And this is where this Catholic guilt thing comes from. Those emotions are worthless. <laughs> there is a huge difference between guilt and shame and contrition of heart. Those are two very different things. One of them comes from you and one of them comes from God. And so contrition of heart is what we want. Guilt and shame is not what we want. Now, of course, you're going to feel guilty. That's good. That's your conscience. But when it's this overwhelming thing, like what you're talking about, that's not helpful to your building your virtue. That's not helpful to the reconciliation of your relationship with God. I've come to a better understanding of it when I had to teach it to others, but I'm even learning stuff here tonight in in this podcast that I think is going to help me. And I think it would help my children. And I'm hoping it's going to help you guys too. But I think that we need to, take a look at our catechesis for our children because if we are catechizing them and to focus their confession on virtue and deadly sins and, and building towards that virtue and that relationship with God, I think that's going to help us all as they grow up with their relationships with others, with their future spouses, or if they are called religious life, the people they're going to be helping. If we focus directly on those seven deadly sins and the virtues that we're trying to cultivate, I think that that will benefit us all. A couple of quick book recommendations because, you know, that's how I'm going to roll there. Um, The Seven Secrets of Confession by Vinnie Flynn is excellent. Also, um, the one by Kevin Vost, Vost, I hope I'm saying his name right, Um, The Seven Deadly Sins is eye-opening for how these sins trickle down in our lives and how to identify what our root sins are and um, these types of things so that we can be more um, intentional in our pursuit of holiness as opposed to just checking off random boxes. I also want to touch on the, um, like we've talked about the, the different names of, like we call it like confession and reconciliation. And there's a third name that we call it, which is penance. 
Mm-hmm. And um, I, that one I always kind of struggled with for a while because it was like, okay, I'll say a Hail Mary and now our Father and a glory in me and okay, get on with my life. And, you know, because sometimes it kind of felt like going through the motions. I mean, it still does then, but um, something that like when I've, my, my oldest uh, will be making his first reconciliation, first communion next year. And so I've been kind of diving more into it really with, with in training him. Um, but something that I've kind of like tried to, or that I've like realized and been thinking about is, um, you know, when we, um, when we reconcile with other people, you say you're sorry and you forgive, you know, and all that, but there's always more, there's always more that you need to do. We don't have the trademark, but Daniel Tiger says, <laughs> saying I'm sorry is the first step, but then how can I help? And that's how I've, um, like in my head is feeling like how penance is like it's saying I'm sorry is the first step, but then God, how can I help? Mm-hmm. What can I do next? Um, and sometimes it's like you know just a small prayer from you know, that that the priest you know assigns to you, but it's just that little bit, that little bit of doing something else to recognize that you it's not just yes God has forgiven you, but we have to take a next step. Mm-hmm. Well, and I, I agree with that, like, because I think that, again, like talking about that Catholic guilt thing, that when we talk about penance, it can be kind of looked at maybe as, you know, the thing that you have to do, otherwise God's not going to forgive you and, and all of that. But like, I think what it really does is, you know, like, for instance, if I, you know, I don't know, always did something to you, Stacey. I can't think of anything off the top of my head. I'm not witty. <laughs> but like, if I kept doing something to you and it was kind of like, you know, quote unquote set against you or whatever. And I kept saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. But I never did anything to reconcile that with you. Like, you know, made a gesture. Then you wouldn't know, right? Well, God knows the states of our hearts, right? Like, God, he doesn't need that penance or whatever in order to know whether or not we have a contrite heart. My son is making... <laughs> Bit <laughs> <laughs> he's, cute. he's trying to enjoy, uh, join in on the conversation but um like you know so he doesn't need, he doesn't need that penance but i think that he knows that we need it because i think that it shows us our willingness to make that extra gesture to you know go into the confessional and then come out and really sit with god and say you know this i'm, I'm saying this because i really do want that relationship, I'm going to go a step beyond, you know? And I mean, nowadays, to be fair, like, our penances aren't anything on what they did, like, in the medieval ages and stuff. Like, or even 100 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we've got it easy. I get, like, a, our father and a couple of Hail Marys. Like, I'm good. I can do those. But, um, yeah, I think it just all boils down. For me, like, it all, like, confession, reconciliation, really all boils down to just trusting in God. Um, and I know that, I'm kind of, again, kind of switch gears a little bit here, but like, I know that I have been afraid before to go into the confessional and confess my sins. And I know it comes down to pride, but it's like a, you know, I know that I'm telling God these things, but I'm also telling a man (laughs) and he's hearing me and I see him every Sunday. And I'm I'm like, I'm, you know, in my mind's eye, he's looking at me and being like, Oh, that's the one. She's the one who committed that sin. But like, I think, you know, I've, I've heard this many, many times that, priests it's like it's, it's don't worry about what you're going to say in the confessional because the priest has heard it all even mm-hmm. in a couple of years of a priest being you know going to confession doing doing that sacrament he's heard it all 
they forget about it. They hear so many confessions a day. They move on with their lives. They're not going to be sitting there judging you. Um, you know, and if they do, then, you know, pray for them. Pray for them anyways. I think praying for, for your priest before you go into a confessional is something I've been trying to remember to do and I'm failing miserably at, but, you know, praying for your priest before you go into a confessional. I mean, and I know that I've experienced it before where I've been so worried about telling the priest this thing and him judging me that I have left out sins and I realized after the fact, and the problem, one of the big problems with that is that means that that confession is not valid and no confession after that is valid. And when I realized that, I was like, oh, crap. Then I had to try to remember all the sins that I had confessed in those conf those confessions and go back and do that again. But I mean, I think that the, really what it comes down to is that confession, it, it really means laying down your pride and just like running into the arms of Christ. Mm -hmm. Like you don't have to be worried you know, offending the priest, or you don't have to be intimidated about him. You don't have to be intimidated by the fact that you've told this thing a million times or that you're telling this big mortal sin that you're really ashamed of. It's to get that weight off of our shoulders because that's what God wants for us. He wants to alleviate that shame and the guilt that we place upon ourselves. And again, to replace it with love. And like when you run into that, the arms of Christ in the confessional, I mean, that is a beautiful thing. And it's, I mean, it's, you know, you get to get to be bros again. Like, I don't know. <laughs> you get to be, like, be in that loving, intimate relationship. And, I mean, it, it, that doesn't mean that when you commit a mortal sin, you break your relationship, that God stops loving you or that, you know, anything like that. But you get to make that, that action. You get to respond to him and say, yes, I want you again. And I like what you said about penance. I'm going to backtrack just a little bit because it, it's also our our way of showing our willingness to try to change our behavior. Mm -hmm. So penance isn't, you know, it's not just a couple of prayers. It's our kind of commitment, outward sign to God saying that, thank you for forgiving me. I am going to try. I mean, we even say at the end about, I'm going to try not to commit the sins again, you know, the, the act of contrition. And, but this is our visual sign that to him that we are going to try to change our behavior. And we're going to start that change with a prayer or whatever the priest assigned to you or gave to you lovingly. Even if it's a dumb penance. <laughs> there's, a, there's an act of mortification there, you know, of your spiritual pride to say that penance that you think is not a very good penance. And to say it reverently and with love. Yeah, that's another thing. And also, it reminds you, it's not about you. This isn't about you, you know, having a hair shirt and whipping yourself. I mean, this, that's not going to make it better, okay? <laughs> this is not about you. It's about what God does in the confessional and what he's able to do in us. And so when we get penances that we're like, I just confessed some really bad stuff, and you should really, like, ground me or something. Like, it doesn't feel like enough to say in Our Father, Three Hail Marys. It is enough because you're not, you're joining your confession with the confession of the thief on the cross next to Jesus. You're saying, remember me, Lord, remember me. If your kid was genuinely sorry about something they did that hurt you and he came to you with his eyes downcast in true contrition and muttered out his sin, is there a part of you that wants to just rain down the anger of a thousand sons? Or is there something that strikes at your heart? 
and 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 wants to be merciful. It's triggered. There's a paternity in the priest. Don't forget that we have a sacramental faith. This is a mystical faith. Something does happen in there when you're in there with the priest. This isn't just a thing that we do as Catholics, make ourselves feel better. This is an actual transaction. It's contact with God. And where contact with God is, change happens, whether you want it to or not. And as always, thank you for joining us. Thanks. Thank you. Join us again in two weeks for our anniversary episode. It's been one year since we released episode one, and we're so excited to review this year with you. Until then, may God bless you and may Mary accompany you.